I could give a definition of what I think. I just heard in my spirit, hell is nervous. <laughs> and I don't mean just because of what's happening here, but around the world. Let me tell you why. We are right in the middle of the third great awakening. It's already begun. Now, I don't know if it's to the toes, and like Ezekiel said, I don't know if it's at the ankle. I don't know if it's at the, I don't know if it's at the knees or the waist. I don't know where it's at, but we are already in the third great awakening. People have lived on this planet and had never lived through a great awakening. But you are here for such a time as this, not to be a spectator, an observer, but to be a participator. Huh? Jesus is already famous. We're just going to make him famous all over again to people who don't know him. 156,000 people leave the planet every day, but more than, more than that, come on. So there's people who's never heard of Jesus that's coming every day. So our job is to celebrate the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Amen. You can be seated. Good to have everyone here this morning. Good to see Miss Julia back this morning. Praise the Lord. We missed her. And we didn't get to tell her happy birthday. Happy birthday, Miss Julia. Praise the Lord. You don't look a day older than what you are, 29. As pretty as ever. So, your mom's doing good. That's, that's, that's a, a good praise report. And uh, thank God for answered prayer. Uh, the Tadlocks are doing better. Mr. Mr. Tadlock, he had a stroke last Thursday. And... Uh, I went to the hospital on Friday. I had to go out of town for a couple of days for board meetings for two different boards. And uh, came back. When I got back, he was already home. And we took, took some food to the house uh, Friday, right? Friday. And my gosh, he answered the door. <laughs> I, I thought somebody else would come to the door. I think he was hungry. He wanted the food real quick. So anyway, God's just doing amazing things. I'm going to preach you. Y'all going to help me? Yes, sir. Who's excited? I'm excited. Who's the most excited? Hallelujah. Come on. Anybody here who don't know what's going on? <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Best time to ever live is right now. And God picked you for this time. Hallelujah. Good to have a great friend here, personal friend, a friend of the ministry, pastor, missionary, evangelist, bishop. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Pastor Ronald C. I guess we've been together for 27, this will be our 27th year. We met when we was five. So, yeah, we're both in our mid-30s, so. <clears throat> Amen. We met in kindergarten and had a you just had a relationship ever since then. Now, you may be wondering, you probably not can't notice, but uh, I have two notebooks. And I'm not going to preach that long. <laughs> but they're kind of similar, aren't they? Uh, it was just what I needed. And uh, they, they felt good. They looked good. And they had, they're, they're good for notes. And so uh, we were teaching on the sovereignty of God. Uh, I'm trying to get off that subject because I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. I thought maybe you might be. And uh, but we'll we'll reiterate just a few minutes, and but 
we're going to go to the next place of where that message takes us. And so what I did, I, 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 the one I've been using for my notes, I had in one. And uh, so I started making notes, but I was making notes in the other one. And I did feel like a redo. Uh, someone said, why don't you just use a computer? Well, that's a really long story for me, and I won't get into that right now. And uh, so I brought two notebooks. How about that? Now, we can cover all of it if y'all want to be here till Tuesday, but, we'll, but, but we won't do that. How many, how many know that God is sovereign? Huh? But, it, but is he sovereign the way sometimes people say he is? Sometimes you hear it this way. God, God is sovereign. True. And they'll say God is in control. True. But according to what definition? So some people tell you that, that God is in charge of everything and nothing can happen without God's consent or God mandating it. Well, is that true? Is it, is it true to, is it true in the sense of our daily life? Uh, we use the most basic example of God's in control. If you wake up in the morning and you really want, you know, cornflakes, but the Lord says, no, today you can only eat raisin bran. As hard as you try to eat cornflakes, your hand can't grip the box. <laughs> then you got two milks in there. You got, you got whole milk and you got 1% or 2%. But the Lord said today's 1%. But you really want whole milk. But your hand won't go around the jug. You can't hold it up because God said no. It's going to be you know, 1% or skim milk and you're going to have cornflakes today. Is, is God in control like that? Well, you know, I, I might have met more people than you have who like to talk about these things. And mine are usually pastors. Who, who preached this message. I think it's one of the worst messages that people have ever preached. And um, it's done more damage to the body of Christ yeah. teaching about the absolute total sovereignty of God. I think it's messed more people up than any message yeah. truly that I know. And, uh, you know, if, if you're going to be, it's, it's ministered all the time. How many, ever, how many ever just heard people say, you know, that's all right, God's in control. It's okay, God's in control. And that would be a true statement based on who's saying it and what they know. Or they'll say God's sovereign. I would like to remind you that the word sovereign is not even in the Bible. So if you're going to be really adamant about something, you know, you ought to at least find the word in the Bible one time. Right? But it's not in there. It is in some of the newer translations, but, but, uh, but no, the word sovereign is not even in the Bible. But don't be thrown away with that because the word Bible is not in the Bible. So just to reiterate for just a moment, let's talk about what sovereign is. This is, I think, what we can say yes to. And y'all can answer if you want to. If you just look up the word sovereign, it means supreme in power, superior to all others, possession of the highest power, possessing supreme dominion. Can you agree with those? I can. So is God supreme in power? Is he? Yes. Is he superior to all others? He is. Does God possess supreme dominion or control in the earth? No. Because if we're going to be adamant about something, then we have to be actually adamant about everything that's said about it. And um, 
sovereignty means that God has relegated himself to cooperate within his own commands. God set the boundaries. God set up the authority. And so Psalms 115, 16 says, The heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth have been given to the children of men. In other words, he, he didn't say here the earth is yours and he steps away from it and he didn't give the title to it. But the earth is still the Lord's, but he's, he's put it as we who are those who is under authority. In other words, we're, we're stewards of the earth. We don't own it. Actually, we don't own, we don't own anything. And that's really good. There's a good thing about renting. There's something really good about renting. And that is when something tears up, you call the number. If it's a apartment, you call and say, y'all have a problem. <laughs> y'all have a plumbing problem. Your dishwasher doesn't work. Da, 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 da. But when you own it, then you have full responsibility. You can't call the people who owned it two years ago and say, you sold me this house, but the AC went out. You need to do something about it. You might, you might either, you might hear a boom in, in the dial tone or you might hear laughter. I don't know what you might hear, but they're not responsible. Well, we are, we are co-heirs with Jesus. We are co-heirs with him in, in the stewardship of this planet and how we conduct ourselves. Uh, God gave us, we know from Genesis chapter one, we'll look at it maybe later. We know very well that God gave us dominion over this planet. The earth, the animals, the fish, the sea, all the creepy people. No, not over people, but over the, he said everything that creeps on the face of the earth. God gave us dominion. He said, he said this, let us make man. What is, who has led us? Who is, who is us that God would be referring to? Would that not be the Godhead? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Let us make man in our image and in our likeness. So God made us not to maybe look exactly like him. I mean, God may do his hair different than you do yours. He might he might dress different than you do. He may not part his hair the way you part yours. But the word likeness uh, means the similitude. It also means let's make man to function like us. That would be a better way of saying it. Let us make man to function just like us. So I've always said it this way. If you're not functioning like him, then you're malfunctioning. So we are here as stewards. We're here as representative. We are here as ministers of reconciliation. We are, we are here to put things in order on this planet when it's out of order. We've been given the stewardship. We, we, we've been given the authority to do it. Now, does God, does God have all, all authority that any, he could do anything he wants to? Yes, he does. Well, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say it that way. Does God have, the, does God have all the power to do what he wants to do? Of course, he has all the power. It's, it's not a question of God's power. I think I used this example last week. I said, you could own a tank, military tank. You could get in and drive it down your neighborhood, point at your neighbor's house and pull the trigger and boom, and, and blow the house off the planet. 
because you have the power. But do you have the legal authority to do that? That's the difference between authority and power. Power is the inherent ability to, to carry something out because you have the, the power, the ability, the wherewithal to do that. But it doesn't mean that you have the authority to do it. When people say that, when people say that Satan has no power, they're wrong. Jesus said, all authority belongs to me. But Satan still has power. He hasn't been stripped of power. Hmm? If, if he had no power, then there would be no warfare. He'd have nothing to go to war with. He has power. He is, the Bible says, as a roaring lion. We know Jesus defeated him. But if you think he's, he, he's not an opponent who won't come after you with everything he's got, then you, you, you need to go back and read this book some more. He's, he's created the, the demise of many people. He took some people to an early grave. He's a master deceiver is what he is. What he was stripped of was authority. He no longer has the right to do what he wants to do with the power. And we have the authority of Jesus. Now, I know you didn't know this, but, but it, it'll be better for repeating. We actually do not have authority. We say, well, I have, I have authority. Actually, we, we don't really have our own authority. We function in authority. We move in authority. But the authority that we have is, is in Jesus' name. Amen. It's his authority. It's not your authority. If it was your authority, then why don't you just pray in your name? Well, the reason why it's not your authority is why you would pray in Jesus' name. But he said, all authority has been given to me, and then he gave it to the church. And so we, the body of Christ, we function uh, in the authority that we have in Jesus. Um, so God didn't, uh, he didn't force anyone to get saved. Uh, we know that he, in Deuteronomy, we read that last week, I won't go through that again. But he, he, he gave us the right to choose. He said, heaven will record your choice, whether you choose me or whether you choose another way. God just can't come up to a person and say, look, I usually don't do this, but, but, but you're going to get saved today. And then someone might say, well, I, I don't want to get saved. He, he said, I didn't ask you. Today's, today's the day of salvation. You're going to cry out for salvation. I'm going to save you. Well, I don't want to cry out. Well, I'm going to put the squeeze on. You're going to cry. When you cry, you'll be saved. Well, you said that's just goofy. Well, it is goofy. That's because we're, we're all been given the individual right to make choices and choose. We are free moral agents. God's not running the planet, as it were, because there's at least seven billion people on the planet and everyone has a will. We know demonic spirits are, 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 are in the atmosphere of the earth and some are given over to them. People have wills. We know that people's, some people's minds are blinded according to 2 Corinthians 4 because Satan is the God of this present world system. But we own the earth, right? So uh, I, I, I could preach on this for two months and never say the same thing if I wanted to. But I don't really think this particular church needs it. Amen. So is he supreme? Absolutely. Does he have all power? Absolutely. Does he control everything? No. No, because he relegated everything to his own will. He would have to alter and break his word. And, and Psalms 89 says he won't do it. 
He has to protect your right to go to hell if you want to. Is that true? The Bible, uh, Jesus said, what, you know, wide is the way, but narrow is the path that leads there. And, and many will meet their destruction because they have a will. They can choose. They can choose Jesus or they can choose not for him to be the Lord of their life. Our job is to present the gospel to them, preach the gospel to them. And we need to do a, a much better job of doing that. We need to advertise more, don't we? Amen. So I want to talk a little bit about, uh, I want to pick up, pick up uh, where uh, um, Zach and I are going to tag team today. He was preaching on the kingdom. I thought it was so cool. And I just called this Kingdom 101. You ever had History 101? Algebra 1, Algebra 2? You know, go up into the classes in trigonometry and calculus. All those classes I've ordered. On purpose. I think Pastor Buzzy said he took Algebra 1 and he didn't like the class. Because he's from Arkansas. And I, asked, we, uh, I said, what's wrong with the class? He said, well, my, my teacher started off telling me that pi r square is pi r square. He said, ain't no, ain't no such thing, no square pi. <laughs> <laughs> he said, pi is round. <laughs> he said, uh, I'm getting out of this class. <laughs> teacher needs a lot of help here. He says, sometimes mama makes cornbread square, but usually it's round too. So he didn't see any need in the class. He got out of it. Amen. But this is Kingdom 101. If you don't mind, I'm going to cover some ground. I'm not trying to preach right now, okay? Because, because, because we need to be taught. We need to be taught because we're in this, we're in this awakening where we have to not just have heard about something. We haven't been sermonized, but we've been taught well. Because sometimes when the enemy attacks, the church is not with you. The praise team's not always with you. He, he, he kind of likes to isolate. You, you ever notice that? See, he, he doesn't want to pick on you right here. Oh my, I mean, I've had it happen before people come to have symptoms. I'm, I'm thinking if, you, if you've got symptoms, come on to church. See, I think the church is going to get back to a place to where when people don't feel well, they come to church. The reason why they don't come to church is because they don't think nothing's really going to happen or you're afraid of what you've got somebody else is going to get, which means we still don't believe. I hate to say that just the way it is. Hmm? You say, now you're preaching mean. I know. Praise the Lord. Well, when, when we get this in us, boy, uh, I don't want to get knocked off. Amen. To my broadcasting. There's key words sometimes that you say. It's like, how did the broadcast go? It left you about 12 minutes into it. <laughs> growing up as a kid, how many went to church growing up most of your life? Anyone ever grow up with people wearing masks to church? Everything I ever saw on TV wearing masks, somebody's robbing the place. Lone Ranger had a mask. He was a good guy. But we wore a mask because we didn't want to catch anything. Wow. Someone might have something, we might catch it. So we wore a mask. Wow. 
But I always just wondered how, how well they do they work. And that's the theory. I don't want to get into all that. But, but I have smelled, I smelled body odor and body functions through my mask. And I thought, well, if I could smell body functions through my mask, I don't know if it's protecting me. Couldn't you see Jesus wearing a mask? And then they set it up, I'll, you know, I've said this many times, but they set it up to where you, when you could come, they said stay six foot apart. Remember that? Well, how, how would you lay hands on the sick? I mean, I mean, if you were sick, I mean, that's about six foot, right? I always said I'd have to have an arm like an orangutan just, just to get to the person and not to violate the six foot. That, that's on purpose. I'm not belittling. I'm not belittling. The infection, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's sick, Ann. That's, that's, how many hope that's not your Lord and Savior? <laughs> he says, I'm going to pray for you, but I've got to be protective when I do it. The reason why he didn't need a mask, that's why the reason why he could lay hands on the leopard, because he knew he had the spirit of life in him. Romans chapter 8, verse 1 and 2. It took precedence over death. What's in you's life? You know, uh, the, the life of God, the Zoe life of God, it, it, it'll do two things. But it knows how to protect you. And it knows the life of God knows who, how can I say it? The life of God in you knows who it resides in, has to know whether it's a believer or not. In other words, the, the life of God and the resurrection life, the Bible says the, the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead will quicken and make alive your mortal body. The same spirit that what? Jesus from what? From the dead. He said there's a measure of that today in your spirit. And if you release that from your spirit, not from heaven, not through prayers, not through a prayer chain, not through agreement. But if you release what's in your spirit, the same, the same, the same, identical, then when you release that, you can release it into your, into your body. It's just like taking um, an aspirin or a Tylenol or whatever you take, you know, ibuprofen. You know, you, if you take one of those, say you had a, an ache somewhere, whether you had a headache or backache or, or your arm hurt or whatever, you just swallow it, right? But you don't have a conversation with the, with the Tylenol, do you? You don't say, look, uh, back of my neck right there really hurts. And for some reason, I'm, I'm hurting right, right down here, right to the knee, right there. I, I, I'm going to take two of you. I want you to go over here. And I want, you, I want you to go. Here, let me show you. <laughs> let me show you. <laughs> No one does that, right? How, how, how does the aspirin or, or the, the ibuprofen, how does it know where to, where to go? But it gets into our system, it gets into our bloodstream and travels, right? Mm -hmm. Well, let's take a higher presence in that because it has an active ingredient. Um, I, I put some, it didn't, get it all the way out, but I, I, I don't know why, but when I wash my hair every day, 
I close my eyes real tightly. But no matter how, how tight I close them, I always end up with red eyes. It's almost like I, I did my eye and took soap and went like this right there. When the red's gone, you'll see how pretty blue eyes I have. That's what drew my wife to me. She was engaged to someone else, and when I walked by, she says, forget him. She says, will you be mine? <laughs> and I said, I come with a price. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, there's an active ingredient. When, when you look at something like Visine or you look at uh, medicine, whatever, if you, if you look on the back of it, mo like most medications, it'll, it'll give you everything's in it, but, but not really 97% of it of what's, is, is water, and 2 to 3% is the active ingredient. That's, that's almost 100% true of everything, is that whatever the medicine is, they don't give you 100% of it. Your body couldn't handle that. It has less than 3% of the active ingredient necessary to treat the body. Well, when you got, uh, the Bible says that we got the same spirit that, that raised Jesus from the, from the dead. And he wasn't in the tomb, he was in hell. So it took whatever kind of power it took to get Jesus from hell out of hell, back to this earth, then that resurrection, resurrection life is, is in, he said, there's a measure of it in your, in your spirit today. Now, when you read the full chapter, you'll see this. We, we know that the time comes, he, he's talking about the time when, when, when Jesus comes and we're, we're, we're raptured and we go to be with him that we'll have, we'll have the fullness of that, but we have the earnest, the down payment of that right now. In other words, when, when, when we go to be with Jesus or he comes and receives us and we're raptured from this earth, then our, this mortal body will take on immortality, right? The, 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 the corruptible part will take on incorruption. <coughs> Nothing will be able to touch you ever again. This is as bad as it ever gets. And you're here, you made it. You made it Amen. and you're making it well, but there, you already have the earnest, the down payment of what Jesus took Jesus from, from, from the grave, from hell yeah. to be raised from the dead and now can be released as the active ingredient into your body. And, and, it, and it works by faith and it works by, by language. Heaven has a language. Heaven communicates. Jesus had desires. He spoke them. God spoke creation into existence. He used words. Now this is simple. I'm going to say some very simple things this morning. None of this is in my notes, and I'm 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 famous for not. For, I have notes, but I'm famous for just leaving them alone. To fight the enemy as a believer. Think about this. You're you're a trained bunch. Very well trained. You're, because you're students of the Word. I'm not saying because of me. I'm saying you're, you're students of the Word. To fight the enemy effectively, tell me some of the things that is necessary. How do you fight? Well, let me back up. 
Say, say you have no choice but, but to be in a fight with someone who comes to steal something from your home to bring harm to your family. I mean, you call the police, but they're going to be 30 minutes coming. So do you just let them steal everything that you got? Would you let them bring harm to your family? If he has a gun and you have a gun, would you use yours? If, he, if you didn't have a gun, would you use a knife if you had to, to protect? So you would use every natural advantage that you have to fight a natural person on the earth that comes to bring you harm, true? Okay, now let's go into the spirit realm. Now, we, we know that you can't fight the devil with a steak knife. You, you can threaten him with it. You can say, you know, I just, I mean, I just take one out and you sharpen it and you say, you come for me, but I'm going to cut you to shreds. That, that won't bother him. One, you can't see him, which is a great advantage. It's a great advantage to him to be invisible. If I was invisible, I'd have more money tomorrow than I have today. <laughs> I mean, if I was after that, it'd be real easy. <laughs> I'd walk in your house if you had a car I really liked. I said, "I just want the keys are okay over there, and I just you know, yuck, I just like can go, <laughs> right? Can, can you see he has the advantage to be invisible? But it doesn't really matter that he's invisible because we have eyes that see and ears that hear, right? So if you're going to fight the enemy, how, how do you fight? How can you fight him? What has God given you? To, how, how, does God, how does God tell you to fight the enemy? I need a little help. That's, that is so simple, but, but we think it takes more than that. Because, you know, you, you think about having to fight someone or having to, to shoot or you're having to call on the police. And I mean, you're thinking about a physical, alter, you know, uh, two people physically in a fight. And, and here... We fight with words. On the earth, we use words and that causes a fight. Like we say, yo mama, and then there's a fight, right? But with the devil, we, we, we use the words because the word is the dominant force and, and the, the authority is it, the words, but it's, it's more than that. It's the authority behind the words because words would just be words if nothing backed it up. But God in his word is one and the same. You can't separate God from the word. You can't separate love from God. You can't separate God from faith. They're, they're, they're all together one. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. And everything that was made was made by the word. There was nothing made that was not made by the word of God. You can't separate it. I mean, Genesis chapter one says in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth and, well, you know, in the very beginning. But there was a beginning before you read Genesis chapter one. There wasn't like there was God. In other words, it wasn't like there was a beginning and then God came out of the beginning. There was, a, there was God or there would have been no beginning. Amen. Right. So we have that. But the earth, but many people still ascribe to the theory that, uh, I mean, and taught in major colleges, uh, when, you, when, you go to, when you go to college, sometimes you, 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 have to, you have to listen to their theories of, I mean, if, if you want to pass the course to get to what you want to get to, you, you, you got to hear about evolution, about how God, everything evolved over a period of thousands of years, it evolved. And then, and then that, the, what we call the Big Bang Theory, how the earth you know, was an explosion and then all this 
you know, just, but you, you don't have to be schooled to know that's not true. I mean, just, just uh, I, I always just said, if you, if you somehow you could pick up your house and take it to the Grand, Grand Canyon and then, you know, with the plates in there and the cups and everything, just like you have it and your, your razor up in the cabinet and lays your makeup here and, the, and your clothes is hanging here and your pictures is on the wall. And then you take the, your house and you drop kick it off the, 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 uh, the Grand Canyon. It falls down in a big bang and everything is still right where it was. Anyone believe that? No. So, so, so we, we didn't evolve into who we are. We were created to be who we are. God went to the soil, to the dirt, to create Adam. But he went to Adam and took a rib to create Eve. Eve was not created from the dirt. She was created out of man. Adam was created from the dirt. We were not created from the dirt. We, we, we were created out of God himself. That's right. So we always said it, and I bear repeating it again, it's just like it, it would help us in our thinking to think this way, that we're, we, we have this idea of we don't believe in evol evolution, we believe in the creation, right? right. No one here I, I know believes in evolution. Everyone believes in the understanding of in the beginning and God created. But somehow we have an idea that if we just keep coming to church and keep coming to church and keep reading the next book and the next book and the next book and keep coming to church, one day we will evolve into the person who we already are. <laughs> A new creation. That's not evolving, that's being. Hmm? That song we, we sang, I am who I am because I, I am who the who I am said I am. Yeah. Not going to be. Not, not, see, there was no evolving in that. No. It's just that, that's who I am. Amen. And God is sovereign because he stands in a class by himself in the sense of he's the creator. But he's not in a class by himself in the sense that he created you. You are the highest created uh, being on this planet. The, the, if you had to point to something that said, can you show me what's closest to God on the earth? What, what would that be? Well, he, he, he'd have to point to his creation, you. You're, you're made in his image and made his likeness. All these things that I know that you know. But they have to be enforced. Why? Because we have to have mastery. Because the devil doesn't play fair. Like I say, he won't come when we're all together. It's like in animals. They, they, they wait for one. You watch the animal planet. You wait for the one who's not paying attention. You, the, the lion's waiting for the one who's straying away from the side. He's waiting for the one with a little gimpy leg. The enemy's listening to your words, saying it's been a really bad year. It's been a really bad month. Our, our money's not right. Uh, I don't feel good. Whatever. I got the, I, I got the lumbago. And, uh, and I got the gimpy leg, and I got this, but mama, mama had it, and her mama had it, and now I got it. And the devil says, well, that's going to be easy now. <laughs> He's a roaring lion, seeking whom he, may, whom he may what? How does he know who he can devour? Old loose lips over telling him all the time. I can't, I can't take much more of this. They can't take much more. Hey, hey, they can't take much more. Send me three more. Hey, 
Principality, power. Get Gimpy over there. He can't take much more anyway. He said it 14 times today. Can't take much more of that. How does he know who he can devour? Because he's picked on people thought he could devour him. He's wrong. He picked on Jesus to devour him. Jesus said, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. You and your mama go back to hell. No, it, you, it is written. Now, if Jesus would use words to defeat the devil, why do we think it takes something else? Jesus couldn't get a prayer chain because there wasn't nobody else there. There wasn't no one to make a chain with. <laughs> Amen. I know I preach against them all the time. The only reason why is because I hate them. I understand the, the, I understand the principle. The principle is right. The principle is agreement. But there's something higher than agreement. It's you agreeing with God. <laughs> I watched some of their videos, you know, going to Peru. You know, when they're going up 12, 13, 14,000 foot in there, riding them little skinny roads. You know, and I got some of the like, oh boy, that's real close. The closest I ever been to that was when I told you we went to Colorado uh, to, see a, to a Curry Blake uh, three day event. And, and I said, uh, it was 45 minutes away or an hour away. We went to um, Estes Park, and she won't, Michelle didn't really want to go. But she said, let's find, let's go. I said, well, you look, I've never been to Colorado, but I'm not leaving Colorado and not see the Rocky Mountains. I mean, I can see some mountains in the distance, but I am not coming to Colorado and never see the Rocky Mountains. I mean, can you imagine that? I mean, that, that, that's, like, that's like going for Cracker Jack and never get the, to the toy on the inside. I want the toy. <laughs> well, I went up there to Estes Park, and they said it's like 14,400 foot in there. Well, I've been in a plane, but I've never, I've never drove up a mountain 14,000 feet. Your ears will pop. We got out about seven or 8,000 feet to take a picture at a place where, you know, it was opened up to where we could see. And I said, that's beautiful. Let's go take a picture. But, you know, you, your phone, it just doesn't do it because you can't get the three-dimension look. It's, it's beautiful, but, you know, the phone just doesn't ever do it justice, does it? Even the best iPhone that you have still does not do it justice. So it had started raining. And we're about seven, 8,000 foot in there at this point. So we're, we're kind of jogging back to the car. And we're going. <laughs> <laughs> he said, you think this is what they're talking about? <laughs> when they go to Peru, I said, that's why I sinned. I don't go. <laughs> I'm a cinder. I'm a cinder. <laughs> but, you know, people. And animals just live there, and people live where you go, and, 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 and they're, it's not that they're healthier, you know, but they're, they're acclimated to that climate. Huh? And there's a climate where God is taking you as the body of Christ, where he is elevating you to a higher dimension that you've ever been before. But sometimes, whether you realize not, the, the church is kicking and screaming all the way up there. Because we're most comfortable with what we know the most. So we're always reaching back for the thing that we know the most and we feel like we can live there. And we, you know, we, we, we have a, 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 a resemblance of what to do there. But when you take us someplace we've never been before. So when we, when we got up to the 
Well, we weren't even 2,000 feet. Oh, we, we weren't even 1,000 feet. Well, we were in the gate. You remember, I'm, I'm just saying this because she, she, she likes the mountains, but she likes to look at them. <laughs> she didn't like to ride. You know, this wasn't like mountains with a wall next to the road. The mountains was like a thousand foot over there and it was just straight down that way and it was just straight down that way. And the road, you know, it was probably like, what, 15 foot wide, 18, whatever it was. It wasn't for two cars to pass. They could have, but no one was, they didn't let you do that. And uh, there was still snow up there and it was, what, June, whatever we, we went, there's still snow on the mountains. And so we go up there and, and it was beautiful. And I would say, take the picture, take that picture. And, she, and she, she'd look off and she said, I can't do it. Oh, I can't do it. I said, oh, well, because I found if I, I, I was trying to take the picture, but you ever notice where whenever you're using the camera, your steering wheel goes the same way? Yeah. Well, if it, it goes too far. <laughs> you're gone. But God wants to elevate you, increase you. We talked about he wants to increase our capacity to live more, to see more, to experience more so that we can take what's on the inside of us and cause a revolution in this world, in your neighborhood, in your community, in the state, and, and into the nations. You say, well, I, I, I don't have the, the, the mobility to go do all that. You can do that sitting at home with words. I remember the last few months of my mother's life, she says, I can't get from here to the mailbox anymore. She said, but well, I can pray all around the world sitting right here in this chair. Wow. And she said, I've been praying for you. She says, so straighten up. I said, okay, yes, ma'am. I'm just straighten up right now. She said, when you pray all, all day, Lord tells me, she says, tell me things. She said, you, you, you need to be, you get to doing some things. So, Everything that Jesus taught, think about this. Everything, the, Jesus had one big subject. One big subject. He taught many things, but everything that he taught would come underneath the subtitle of the kingdom of God. The church is mentioned twice in the Gospels. The kingdom is mentioned over a hundred times. You would think that problem is a priority. The church is mentioned twice, but the kingdom is, is beyond that. When people travel like, like uh, Pastor C travels, he gets a different perspective because he goes into different churches. They all look different. They do it different. They, I mean, their sanctuaries look different. They're different sizes. They're, you know, some are quiet, some are loud. Uh, it wouldn't be how he would always do things if he was pastoring again. He's seen a lot of stuff. He knows a thing or two because he's seen a thing or two. But... He's there for the purpose of, of partnership and to minister the word to the people to help and change their lives. But they're also partner with him because he has nations on the inside of him. I know it's because uh, I know that I know and we've talked about it. he can go to sleep. You can put him here. You can put him in Chicago. You can put him in New Jersey. You can put him in Montana. You can put him in Canada. You put him anywhere in the world. But anywhere that you put him, you can put him in the basement. You can cut the lights out, take away the key. But you couldn't get the Spirit of God out of him and you couldn't get the thought processes that he have about reaching the nations because that's always going to be in there. And the only thing that satisfies is going. Hmm? 
You have a call just like that. It may not be to the nations of the world, but you have a call the same way to do the same thing, whether you're working at a corporation or whether you're or making pies for people and blessing people or meals, whatever it is. Something on the inside is supposed to have a, 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 something on the inside of you, a capacity in you that reaches beyond your four walls. We talked about that woman whose son, her husband had died and, and the prophet said, what do you want me to do? She says, well, my husband worked for you and he died and we have creditors and they come to take my sons. And he said, what do you have in your house? And she said, I don't have, I don't have nothing. She said, well, I have a little pot of oil. He said, what? He said, well, you know, well, then go borrow a bunch of vessels. Don't borrow a few. Borrow a bunch. Come back and begin to pour the oil out. You know the story. So she, she closed the door. She began to pour out. And lo and behold, more oil, more oil, more oil, more oil, more oil. And then she called for her son. She said, bring me another vessel. And what, they, and what did the sons tell her? They said, we don't have, there's not a vessel left. We, we filled every one of them. The question is, did they run out of oil or did they run out of places to put the oil? Did they run out of vessels or did they run out of oil? Vessels. In other words, the Spirit of God was moving and increasing. The Spirit of God was, was, was producing, but there was nowhere to place it. And God is visiting people all over this world. The eyes of the Lord looking to and fro throughout the whole earth. He's looking for someone whose heart is turned toward him and his causes and what he can and wants to do through them. But he has a capacity so large he's looking for somewhere to place it. But sometimes he has to go places and he, he, he he's, uh, and I'm sure the Holy Spirit is grieved because he, has, he, he can't find people that, that, will, that will take the capacity that he has to, to measure out to them. It, it's not that he takes you from A to Z because you, you didn't learn the alphabet. You didn't just say, well, all you need is A to Z. No, it was 26 letters and you put them all together and you have, you have a language that goes around the world. So God doesn't do it all at one time, but he's, he's, he is increasing us day by day, moment by moment. You know, Smith Wigglesworth, Smith Wigglesworth said this. He said, if, if you're still in the same place spiritually that you was two days ago with God, he says, you're backslid. And I thought, that's, that's, that's pretty strong, Smith. I, I, I thought he was going to say two years. He said two days. He said, are you telling me you have a Bible? Oh, yes, sir. I've got many of them. You got, you're saved? You got... You, you, you have God inside. Oh, yes, sir. You have Jesus. Yeah, you, you, you have the gullah. Uh-huh. And you're, and you're still the same place you was on Tuesday and this is Thursday. Yeah. He said, you need to repent, man. You're backslid. Huh? He said, you should be going from faith to faith and from glory to glory. But you're still talking about the same problem. Oh, my head. Oh, my ear. Oh, my toe. All the kids. All this. All that. All the job. All this. All the government. Did you know Jesus had never hardly ever talked about the government? We can't do anything because we got the Democrats in there. I mean, the Democrats in there. <laughs> well, <laughs> That's a good one. Herod made—I don't—I don't use the word president. Herod made the 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 current occupant in the White House look like a, a tell of the Hun, like Mother Teresa. I mean, these people that would cut your tongue out and nail, and nail it. Nail, nail, nail you to a pole upside down. Beat you to where you... Uh, uh, the, that's not what's happening in this country. It ha does still happen in places. So, what, so what's our excuses? So, so we're praying things, but, but our prayers... I don't mean to go scattershot. That's what I'm doing this morning. 
our, our prayers sometimes don't avail much because they're not fervent. He said the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man, in other words, what's stirring you today? And if we're not stirred, then why aren't we stirred? And where's the passion that we need to have? Why don't we have the compassion that Jesus had? Because we have his spirit on the inside of us. And Jesus talked about the rule of God, the reign of God, the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God rules and reign. It, it, it subdues. It, it, it takes authority over. It's in control. It's a, it, it's a kingdom. It's a culture. It's a domain. It, it, it includes land. And, and it's supposed to be a capacity that, that, that God told Adam and Eve, like, this is the Garden of Eden, but I, but I want the garden, I want it to increase. I started here, but I want you to take the garden and I want you to increase it all over the earth. And they were in, in the process of doing that until the serpent came around. And the devil showed up as a snake and talked to them and deceived them and mankind was lost. But God had to come and he had to restore mankind. And that's what's happening right now, I believe, is, is that we are kingdom-minded. In other words, we're, we're, we're big-picture-minded. And if we're not, that's what we have to be. We have to start seeing the big picture. We have to quit praying little bitty prayers because you, you have a, a big God in you. You have a big Holy Ghost. You know, Rodney Howard Brown has a wonderful tape on that. It's, it's an old one when they come to this country. And he was raised around these things. And, he, you know, when you leave a country to come to another country, you, you wonder why God moved you. I would. If God moved me from the United States and put me in another country, I'd really want to know why. I mean, why couldn't someone else do, do there what you're sending me to do there? It'd be on my mind all the time. Rodney Howard Brown said he went there and he said, and he saw the problems that was in this nation. And he said he knew by the power of the Holy Ghost it would change. He said, but I don't want a little Holy Ghost. He said, I need a big Holy Ghost. He said, well, my family, he said, when we were out ministering, sometimes we'd go to the reservation and you see the chief. And, and, and the chief was the big man. You know, he's talking big. Big chief. Ooga, whatever that means. Right? The, the chief didn't come out simply like, I'm the chief. It's me. I'm going back to my teepee. I got a wee wee in the teepee. That's not the chief. Huh? And we've had a lot of wee wee teepee Christians. But we need some big chief ooga mooga Christians, right? That's right, we do. Amen. We. The Holy Ghost is trying to toughen us up some. But we, but we get in a little skirmish. You say, ooh. No. You, greater is he that's in you that he's in the world. You have to remember, he's scared of these words. He's scared of that word. He, he measures you by what comes out of your mouth. Because the word preached, the word of faith is what? What is the word of faith? Well, you say that's the denomination. Okay. But if it's a denomination, then where did we get that? Well, it came out of Romans chapter 10. The word is nigh thee, even what? In thy heart and in thy mouth. That is the word of faith which we preach. Hmm? So, 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 so we need a kingdom capacity so that when the Holy Ghost comes, he has somewhere to say, I have a nation for you. 
I, I, I need to entrust you with, with, with these people. Will I have a compassion for these people? I, I, I need you to heal their hurts. I need you to heal their sickness and disease. I need to restore people. I, I, I need to save them. Can I send you? I will give you the resources. I will give you the wherewithal. I will give you the means. The question is, will you go? Will you stand up? Will you preach? Will you minister? Will you testify? Will you be a spokesman for me? And it looks different in every dimension. You can do it in the kitchen. It may be in your vocation. It's not, it's very seldom done this way. 5% of the body of Christ does it this way. I'm an oddity. Of course, you already knew that, but I mean really in the 5%. I'm an oddity. It's in the marketplace where this happens. It's in the world where this happens. Very little ministry, I think, gets done this way. Because in America, we're so used to being sermonized, it's just another sermon. But people go home and they forget about it. I can spend hours preparing and it'll be forgotten in 10 minutes. Makes you wonder, you know, what, what am I really doing? Every pastor I know sometimes, I always ask sometimes, are we making any difference at all? But my faithfulness is to God first. And the parable of the sower says, they all got the same seed, but one heard one, and, and, and they all began to take the seed and tried to grow, but there was no depth of soil. But anywhere there is a depth of soil and there's understanding of the uh, understanding, and that's what, that's what he's bringing us is, is an understanding. An understanding because it's only in the understanding do you have the comprehension and the insight to take the gospel of Jesus Christ and take it into your world in a way that may be unconventional to most. Like, I, I, I never dreamed of, of, of us broadcasting from here. When I rented this facility back in 2010, there was no one that I knew that was doing this. I'm sure they were. I mean, people were doing TV. But if you just have a little bit of equipment, I mean, not that costly. You can, you can talk to the entire world. It's an amazing thing. It is. It is an amazing responsibility <coughs> and, and, and quite a privilege to be able to do so. Amen. So, what do we do with the kingdom? So the kingdom 101 says this, and we'll, we need to, our time's about to get away. After the fall of Adam and Eve, God set out to restore what they had lost. That's what he did. He was, he was restoring. I told Michelle, I said, this, this was one this week. I said, I, it's like I got three sermons and I can't get them. I, I don't even know how to connect them. The Holy Ghost have to do it. I'm trying to finish sovereignty and talk about the kingdom. And, and I got this whole thing about restoration on the inside of me. It's like, there's two books right there. And I only got, you know, about 10 minutes left to do it or less. But... What did they lose? God came to restore what was lost. If I was an evangelist and I was preaching under a tent or wherever I was, I would, I, I would use the scripture. I've used it myself. That when Jesus came, he came to seek and save the lost. 
but it's not really the evangelistic scripture, even though it's used all the time. He was seeking for people who were lost. They were all lost. That's not much of a seek. That'd be like saying, I've come this morning in sanctuary to find a green chair. I just did. They're all green. What was lost was lost in Genesis. It was dominion. It was relationship. Satan stole God's people, mankind. He came to seek and save the thing that was lost. Dominion. And how few people today take this message seriously enough that they take enough time to understand what Jesus did for them and for all of us who just simply believe. That your words once received in the capacity in your heart and believe, being fully persuaded, just like your father Abraham was, when he spoke those words, the world, the atmosphere, and demons had to take notice. You've heard a lot of the miracles that I've seen. A lot of the miracles that I've been a part of, I didn't do them. I, I, I couldn't heal a gnat of a broken wing. But the Christ in me, the hope of glory. When, when you're with people and they're, and they're afraid and they're in tears because they're, gonna, they're going to amputate their limbs the next morning, how would you like a word like that? There's so much infection in you. There's so much staff in your body. We just got to get ahead of it. So tomorrow the leg's got to come off. The foot's got to come off. Not, not that we're going to treat your foot or your leg or your arm. We're going to remove it. Then you go in there with the Word of God and you, you, you speak as the spokesman of God because you know who He is and you know who He is in you. And you're not speaking because you're a big shot. There is no big shot. There's just one. His name's Jesus Christ. Amen. So it's the Christ in you that that infection has to obey. Not, not all sickness is because of demonic activity, but yet it is because of the fall of mankind. So whether it's a spirit of infirmity or any demonic spirit causing it, or if it's just because of an accident or illness, it doesn't really matter. There was no sickness on the earth until the fall of man, so we treat it all the same. And we use the weapons of our warfare because they're not carnal weapons. But our weapons are what? They're, they're mighty through God to the pulling down of, of the stronghold. What, what, what is the stronghold? What is the mental fortress? What is the thoughts and the ideas? What is it that's holding people captive in their hearts and their minds? What is the wall that they have built that says, I can only go this far in life. I can only go this far in my income. I can only go this far because of my education. I can only go this far because of my health or my age. I've come as far as I can go and now I'm just waiting my time out. No! No. You have to reset. You have to say no to that. You have to know that you have the power to bind and loose. That you release the supreme words. John G. Lake said, when I read this Bible right here, 
He said, I consider the red words, the Supreme Court as the Supreme Court of the United States of America, that the word of the Supreme Court, it ends there. And when you pull out the red words and you go to the enemy and say, you shall go no further. You played your last play. That's as far as it goes. I put you on stop today. You are God's son, right? And you are the devil's master. And you are a man's servant. God doesn't want servants. He wants sons. The church has produced a servant mindset. I'll say it again for clarity. You are God's son. You are the devil's master. And you are a man's servant. But we are, we are man's servant because Jesus said, I didn't come to be served, but I came to serve. Because he had love and compassion for people. So it's not, it's not wrong to serve, to be a servant, but God did, did not make you in a class of servants. He, he, he said, he, remember when Jesus said, he said, the, the servant doesn't know what his master is doing. He said, but, 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 you're, but you're not that, you're my friends. He said, everything the Father has given me, I give to you, but the servant doesn't know what we're doing. God did even now in the new, in, in the new covenant the epistles, you're not even the friend of God. You're past the friend of God. You're now the son. You're in the family of God. You're not just a friend of the family. You're in the family. But because we are God's son, we have the heart and compassion to serve people. When you go to Peru, you're always serving people. Always serving people. When you're putting shoes on their feet and they've never worn shoes and you're lacing them up, what, what, what that must feel like, I can only imagine. Just to slip a, 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 a pair of shoes on a child who's never had uh, decent shoes on their feet, who walks on rocks on the mountains and their foot looks like you, God knows you know what. That, that, is, that is servant. But when it comes to the place where someone is sick and they're dying or they have... They have a disease in their body that you come, that you come, that you lay hands on the sick and you know because of the Christ in you that that sickness and disease has to leave. It, ha it, it has to leave, but you have to be convinced it has to leave. You have to come to a place where you're fully persuaded in Christ that it's not, it's not, it, it's not you. It's not your denomination. It's not what your preacher preaches. You have become convinced of yourself that, that you know, that you know, that you know, that you know of the Christ who's in you is the hope of glory. That never leaves you, never forsakes you. Because when I lay hands upon that person, I'm releasing that life, the same life that was in Christ, which I talked about is in my spirit that now I release into my own body, but I can release it through my hands, through the laying on hands, I can release life. It's a substance. It flows. It's tangible. It can be experienced. Peter and John said, I don't have what you're asking. I didn't bring silver. I didn't bring gold. But such as I have, I can give you. I have something that you need. You're in need. I have something to help your need. I can release it to you. And when I say these words, what I have, I can give to you and it will change your life forever. He says, such as I have, I give thee in the name of Jesus. Rise up and walk. And the man, he took him by the hand, leaped and he walked and begin to praise God. No one had a mask on. I don't care if you come to church and wear a mask. Don't bother me none. I'm for that. But just don't get upset with me about going to a higher level. 
You say, well, what if, what if one day it comes back again? You don't wear one, you get it and you die. Well, praise God, I'll be in heaven. Don't be confused about it. <laughs> Amen. You don't think anybody's in heaven at any age thinking, I sure wish I could get back to Chilton County. You really, you think so? I had a really nice house there. Good old dog. Had me some chicken and dumplings. Really? You, you think that's what they're thinking? They don't even have the capacity to miss you. Love you, but not miss you. You remember me telling the story? I wished I'd never done it. I, I wished a hundred times I hadn't done it. Because mom was just missing my dad. She just, she's not used to being by herself. Married, you know, 60 years or someone. You're used to having them in the room. Well, you didn't got to like them. You're just used to them. She asked me one day, she said, she said, she said, well, what do you reckon your dad's having for Thanksgiving? And I said, I don't think he's having Thanksgiving. She said, you don't think they do Thanksgiving heaven? I said, she said, they won't be doing Thanksgiving Thursday. And I said, Mom, you, you, you think heaven is going to stop and back up and going to observe. <laughs> you know, the man who came over with the Mayflower who discovered some Indians and took their land. I mean, do, do, or whatever. Now, y'all can disagree about how the story goes, the history. But. And I said, I, I don't think the focus will come off the God himself to Christopher Columbus <laughs> in America. Do they have turkey or ham and all that? that I said, they have the best of best. And, and I went on and she thought about it. She said, so they're not having Thanksgiving? <laughs> 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 but see, she, she never left America. That, that, that was, she looked forward. It's my most favorite holiday. Christmas, they get it all mixed up with everything. They got Santa Claus and all this and elves and people, people man who flies the guys, jumps down, you know, through fireplaces and all that kind of stuff. And kids want this and want 14 presents, looking for more stuff, you know. Sales on this, Hallmark, you know, when people getting all messed up in their relationships to the last eight minutes and all this. Like, dear, oh God, just get me out of this holiday. Amen. I know some of y'all like that. Praise the Lord. I, I like parts of it. So, we should stop right there. Can I read you two verses? First Chronicles 29, 11 and 12 says this. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in heaven and in the earth is yours. Wasn't that beautiful? How many of y'all like that? That means I can read it again, won't you? Yours, O Lord, this is 1 Chronicles 29, 11, 12. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that's in heaven and in the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head over all. Both riches and honor come from you, and you rule over all. In your hand is power and might, and in your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. We have a good day now. Amen. Is God sovereign? That's, that, that's sovereign right there, right? But the dominion he shares with you. The dominion he gave you responsibility over. The, the, the Lord's not going to Peru personally. He goes with people. 
He goes with them. He goes before them and he goes with them. Last verse. Psalms 103, 19 says, The Lord hath prepared his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom ruleth over all. The last recorded words of Jesus, or, or the, I'm sorry, not, not the last. The first recorded words of Jesus as an adult, to set presence of, of, the, of what I'm talking about, the kingdom today. The first recorded words of Jesus as an adult in Matthew's account is Matthew 4, 17. It says, from that time on, Jesus began to preach and say, repent for the kingdom of God of heaven is near. It was the only message really that he preached. You see, you can find it in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We always talked about the kingdom. Jesus said, repent, which means he's telling them to change your mind. Change your mind and adapt to a new way of thinking because I'm here to tell you the kingdom has arrived. Is in a city near you. Repent, change your mind. Now let's, he says, now let's, let's change our, our, our way of thinking. You know why churches don't grow? People don't talk. You know why churches don't grow? Because people are just comfortable. Huh? This church could be anything we want it to be in, in 90 days. We could get to where we could have two services here, then we, we, couldn't, meet here, we couldn't meet here any longer because there's just not enough room and there's too many services today. Most churches have zero growth programs. Actually, they're declining year by year by year by year by year. Simply for not, just simply obeying the gospel of Jesus Christ. You have a wonderful message. You have a wonderful Savior. You have what the world needs. You're anointed to do it. We're called to, and compel them to come in. You have what they need. You're just like Peter and John. Silver and gold is not what I have. At that moment, they had money, but at that moment, they didn't have it. But such as I have, I, I can give this to you. The mindset of that is I have something that I can, I have something. I possess something on the inside and I can give it away. Well, I, you know, I just don't feel that anointing. Well, I, I get that. I, I come some Sundays and I didn't feel anointed either. I, I, I woke up some Sundays and, and, and prayed to God. It was still Thursday. But it wasn't. I said, well, how about a Friday? He says, no. It was still Sunday. Have you ever come to church and didn't feel churchy? Anyway, Pam says she has. Keith said he don't know what we're talking about. He's always, huh? Be honest. Have y'all ever not felt like coming? And, and some of y'all went ahead and did it. But, 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 I, but it was my job to come on. I said, well, I was hurting. Well, I'm glad I don't know what pain's about. <laughs> I'm glad I don't ever have none of that, stuff like that. Huh? So the, the devil hopes that what you'll do is you'll only move out in capacity, in the capacity of what you have 
when you feel anointed. When you feel it in your emotions. I mean, there, there's sometimes here, here I, I've noticed it when there's more people here. I mean, I, I, I notice things. All my life I've been in management of some type. I, I just have. I don't, I don't know why. I, I just didn't want to work for people. <laughs> now, in management I did. When I managed stores and dollar stores, I was still working for people. But I didn't want to be the clerk. I wanted the keys on my side. And then I didn't like that, so I, I wanted to be in business myself. I just did. I, I, I liked that. Too. But there's a lot of responsibility that goes along with it. It was long hours and hard work. But I wanted the capacity to be able to increase myself. And, and, and no man could say, you can't go any further. Yeah. I, I liked that. I always had that in me. Even, even as a kid. I don't remember. I remember we used to cook you know, firewood like this with a bow sock. Chris on one side, me on the other. And he purposely would jerk it up too far and jerk my, you know, my, 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 my knuckles into the wood. He'd go, hey, hey, hey. It wasn't too funny. I was bleeding all the place. He'd go, hey, hey, hey. And then one day, a man from our church came. He's in heaven now, named Virgil. Y'all know Virgil. Easterling. He come over one day, he says, he said, how y'all get y'all's firewood? I said, me and Chris, we got there, and 20 acres, we just cut down trees. He said, with what? I said, a bow saw. He said, oh my gosh. He said, stop that already. I said, he said, I'll be over tomorrow. He came out there. Man, he had a chainsaw bar about that long. He was like, I don't remember. You know, I was like 10, 11, 12 years old. Barbara said, she told me, she said, she said, she said, uh, when I, when I, when I grow up, I'm going to have one of those. <laughs> You'll never, ever catch me with a bow saw. <laughs> and then she said, no. She said, then you said, actually, I'm not even going to run it. I'm going to be the man that tells you to run it. Yeah. I said, really? I said that? She said, yeah. She said, you was always thinking about how you could own the entire world. <laughs> I, I think when I left heaven, I had these big ideas because, you know, you're coming out of God, right? You're coming out of God. And I think I was scratching and pulling because I, I, I was trying to make a deal, you know, to be in a rich family. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh, I don't, oh, I'm getting sucked this way over here. God knew what he was doing, you know, and I was, I, I was trying to make, let, let's make a deal on the way out. Because <laughs> it's, not, it's not to be motivated by stuff, but... I, I just know a lot of ways that we could reach this county for Jesus. I've shared some of them with you. We, we could rent every bull bar or own them. If, this, if the county or state would let me do it and I had the finance to do it, I would put a billboard every 25 feet from here all the way on the left side of the road and the, and the right side. And it would be, and I would have a Jesus, you know, and have a motorized hand and say, come unto me or, you know, whatever. People couldn't go 20 feet without Jesus waving at them. It wouldn't be turn or burn, you know, it'd be whatever. And, and they would have to think about Jesus sometimes because they can't get away from him. Huh? Yeah. So th that's all we have to do is we just have to release that what's on the inside of you. It's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. Why don't we just tell people how good God is? And then like Pastor Buddy said, give them a sample of it. He said, I, everywhere I go, I pass out samples. Well, he's doing, so what's that mean? He says, I, get to, I just get people healed, set free, and delivered. I pass out the samples of the kingdom. Wow. That's good. Well, that'd be easy enough to do, right? Your companies give away little samples of things. Well, you know, BC, the, the first race I went to, 
NASCAR in Talladega. I went there and they gave you, be, uh, uh, what's the powders for headaches? Yeah. I, I didn't know why they was giving those away, but I did after two hours. <laughs> Loud noises. <laughs> and they gave out a little 10 pack of cigarettes. Problem is I knew what to do with those. But anyway, <laughs> I finally kicked that habit. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. They give out cigarettes and BC powders. They, they were passing out samples. Hallelujah. Well, see, you and I, we work for JC Incorporated. Jesus Christ King Incorporated. Well, we ought to go over it is passing out samples. You say, well, I don't know who to give them to you. Oh, yeah, you do. Just let people talk for a while. Oh, my head's killing me, Margaret. Well, let's go. Let's find that killing head. Say, I have a sample for your head that's been killing you. In Jesus' name, I just released the life of God into you right now. And, and I said, do you feel better? I said, no. I said, well, you just resist. And I stopped that. So I just go in there and I just, I, I just drill down in there. And I said, you feel better? now? I really said, okay, jackhammer. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> Can I go home with you? <laughs> right? The kingdom of God comes by force. The violent take it by force. Right? Force. The violent take it by force. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know what churches do to say, well, we just come in, have a 20 minute sermon, and run out. Well, what do you do in 20 minutes? Praise God. Sometimes it takes a few minutes just to get our minds straight. Man, the stuff they put, put y'all through all week long. And you come in here looking like you're sane and everything. I guess you are. Praise God. Looking sharp. Hallelujah. We're taking over. We're taking over. Taking over the city. Taking over the state. Taking over the nations. Jesus is coming. We're taking over. We got a takeover spirit. That's the one you used to preach about. <laughs> he used to have a, he knows about takeover spirit. You know, lady come, people come to his church, they, spirits would bring him in there. And he, he said, they, he had a vision one time. These air traffic controllers, you know, they, they're helping a, a plane go in or out. You know, they got these lights. And he said, he said when he first started his church, he says, like demons was trying to come in and take over. He said, if you could see in the spirit room, be demons out on the street, you know, like coming to the parking lot. And some of them, some of them would obey and they come into his parking lot, come into his service. He says, he said, I could just see what was doing when they sit in the service. And as soon as they sat down, they'd look around, visitor. And all of a sudden, the visitor would hear in his church, take over, take over. <laughs> I can't do it like you can do it. <laughs> it was funny. My ribs hurt so bad. I had to rub stuff on them that night trying to go to sleep. But, but, but we're going to have a good takeover. I, I'm just trying to, I'm, I'm, not, I'm trying to get the, you understand what this is? It's not, I, I'm trying to get the spirit of this message into you. That, that, that's what it is. It's the spirit of the message. The, 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 the junk in the mess it's over. The junk and the mess is over. It's, it's no more. It's no longer. The time and now is 
takeover. Praise God. Glory to God. 